Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What is going on, Small Business Nation? How is everybody doing today? I hope that your business endeavors are growing exponentially daily as you're listening to this podcast. Andrew had another meeting today, but he left me in charge to interview Andy here, and then we got a great guest in store for you today. But first, we must kick things off with that icebreaker. Let's kick it. Ice, icebreaker. So Andy, got to get real personal here. Would you rather have a personal theme park or a personal zoo? Great question. You know, this is uh, the question for the ages that everyone should answer. For myself, John, I'd have to say it's the personal theme park. Like, who would not want to? I have two teenage kids, and we would have a blast on those roller coasters. Yeah. My wife is an animal lover, so we already kind of (laughs) have steps towards that zoo going. So I might as well just continue walking down that path at this point. I guess we have a farm is what you would call it at this point. It's not really a zoo. We got chickens. We got ducks. We got a cow. Wow. We have two pigs. We have dogs. We have a bearded dragon. I think that's all of them. So, you know, we're on the way to the farm already. So I think I already have a personal zoo. So I might just have to go with the zoo just to continue in the same vein that I've been traveling down. I thought we were busy with three dogs, and uh, but you have us beat. Yeah, there's a sure. there's a lot to feed in the morning around my house, <laughs> <laughs> and they let you know about it if uh, if you don't get to it right away. Oh yeah, the horse. Yeah. I forgot about the horse. Oh, <laughs> just forgot about the horse. Forgot about the horse. Yeah, the one that eats the most. I was like, I know I'm forgetting one. The largest animal that we own. Yeah. He's a good horse though. I like him. We just, uh, we got him as a baby and we just, just now hit two years old and we're able to start putting a saddle on him and get a rider on him. And so it's been really cool to see this horse come from nothing to now where he's actually starting to take a rider and then starting to learn how to work cows and all that. It's pretty cool to see that happen. It's the most cowboy thing I've ever done. That's great. The personal theme park, man. Yeah. I, with the kiddos, though, definitely could. And I see your, your validity there. I could definitely enjoy a theme park. I think we could uh, we could work the zoo into a theme park somehow, and we'll just combine everything together. You go to Bush Gardens in, in Tampa. Oh, yeah. You have both, right? I have. They've got yeah. lots of animals and lots of rides. So That's right. That place it is awesome. It can happen. It can happen. It can happen. You know, shout out Bush Gardens. There we go. I haven't been there since I was 16, but I did go, and it was fun. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Today's guest is a two-time, let me tell you, two-time international best-selling author. He's a serial entrepreneur and strategic advisor. He is a leader in business development and marketing and has helped businesses grow all over North America with his integrated, this isn't a typo here, marketing strategy. Please welcome Andy Biding. Well, I'm excited to be here, John. Looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you here. I always love talking marketing with other agency owners so we can talk, talk shop and, you know, kind of just, it, it helps spur my ideas for what we're doing here. And hopefully the same for you as, as we leave this conversation, we both take something back to our initial network. So what inspired you to become a thought leader in content marketing? Because in today, 
it seems like everybody is an influencer, right? Yeah. So what, when did you get into that curve and what inspired you to do so? It would be going back a long time. Um, I, I grew up, I grew up in family business and my parents started in the retail in the retail business. And very early on, I remember uh, learning, you know, somebody else in our industry, we we're in the home and garden industry and somebody else on the other side of the country, I visited uh, one of their stores and they had this newsletter. Now this is in the early nineties. So I'm going to date myself. And I thought, this is great. This is great content. Like people would love to learn. And we started this in the early nineties, we started collecting names. People would write it out on slips of paper. I got uh, Microsoft database and started just typing these names in and creating a mailing list. And we started sending out quarterly newsletters and that was by far the best marketing we did. It was, it was an investment, but it was, it's, it made our, the stores stand out and, you know, we had grown this thing. And then in the early 2000, 2003 is when I went, I started going through this business program in Boston uh, for one week a year. And there a, a mentor and teacher and facilitator of mine, Vern Harnish, he said, he talked about this concept. He said, all of you as CEOs need to own the ink in your industry. And he used this term, you need to own the ink. And he said, well, what do you mean by that? Well, whatever your customers are reading, have it come from you. And I thought, this is great. So I said, how, you know, it was chatting with him. I said, how do I, how do I do that in my business? And he said, well, you know, you're in the home and garden space. What if you publish some books or maybe you publish a home and garden magazine? And that idea really stuck. Actually, I took the idea home and I said, guys, we've been doing this newsletter, this printed newsletter four times a year to now we had a database of 30,000 people on our mailing list. And we'd been doing this for about probably uh, 10 years or 10, 12 years at this point, I said, what if we could change the, the newsletter into an actual magazine? And then one of the young ladies that works for us, she said, you know, we sell a ton of Crocs, you know, the, the shoes. She said, I bet Crocs would buy an ad in the magazine and so help support it. And Scott's fertilizer and all these. So we actually went to some of our suppliers that and, and had them sponsor the magazine. And we transitioned to where we were sending out 30,000 full gloss, 32 page magazines to our clients. This is in the early 2000s, you know, four times a year. And it really set us apart because nobody else was doing that. That was just really something unique and impressive and really, really cool for the, for our audience. And it just continued to spiral from there because then, you know, as you know, uh, late 2000s, social media comes on board, you know, uh, blogging became a real thing in the mid 2000s. And it just kind of spiraled. And I've always had this, I've always had a an interest and an aptitude and, and, and you know, real, I, I love focusing on marketing. And I love marketing more than sales, because I believe if you market really well, sales is actually, you know, Sales should support marketing, not marketing supporting sales, which is what it is in most organizations. But with the right marketing, you can drive business. And we drove our business. You know, I grew up in family business. I started doing it in my in my parents' business, but I took it over in the late ni- 90s when I turned 25. 
And in a period of about five years, we quadrupled, we almost 5X'd the business. And it was mostly driven through this type of marketing. And then as things got online, then it just opened up a whole new world for us. That's great. Um, We've been having this conversation about how email marketing is still such a powerful tool. So I'm actually really glad that you're bringing this backstory to the table because I too was in that, uh, I worked for a magazine around the same time and we were taking our subscription list and, and integrating them into email marketing lists at the time. And we were seeing great results from that. And it's crazy to me that still with all the innovations that we have, all the social media networks that have come and gone, honestly, that email marketing still proves to be such a viable method. And I think it's that one-on-one approach. It's the getting directly in front of the buyer that makes it so successful. 100%. I mean, everything a person buys from you, depending on your industry and so on, it's, it's always a little bit different. But one thing that's common across all industries, people buy from you when they trust you. Yes. Right. When there's a trust with you or the company or the face of the company, whatever it is, there has to be a level of trust before they'll make a purchase. And what better way to build trust than to give them great information and to be seen as the authority in your marketplace. Absolutely. Whether you do that through publishing a book or magazines or newsletters or email campaigns, or you're very active on LinkedIn or whatever it is, you've got to own it. You've got to do it. And you, you, you have to be, you have to own that mind space in your audience's mind so that they trust you and they're more apt to do business with you. Mm -hmm. That trust is key. And, you know, a big thing that we're seeing now too, is that transparency, which is a big creator of trust. I am what I say I am. And that's what people want to see out there. And being a thought leader in today is being that transparent as well. It's it's showing a little bit of what's behind the curtain and letting people know, hey, I am human over here, but I yeah. also am dedicated to getting you the best results that I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that that you talk about vulnerability because when you're when you want to be a thought leader, when you're putting out content or you're you have any kind of presence. And by the way, everybody has a digital footprint. Everybody has a presence of some sort. Even if you don't think you, either, you do. <laughs> you may not think you do, but you can either create it by design or it'll happen by default. Ooh. So you can either design it or it'll be designed for you. That's good. But whatever you put out there, you know, being vulnerable is important. And uh, so to this day, you know, we, we do all kinds of things in our company. But one thing that we continue to do is we continue to publish a quarterly magazine. Mm-hmm. It goes out to our audience. And in there, one of the things that I, in the last couple of years, have insisted, I want to have, you know, I want to share our journey yeah. as an agency, as Tulip Media Group, uh, our journey. And we have, we always have a one to two page spread where it's since the last art, uh, issue, what has happened at Tulip Media? And I share the good things and the bad things. Right. And, you know, we lost a big client and this was a, a difficult one, but we regrouped and, and you know, it, it was, uh, you know, and we gain two more or whatever the case might be, but yeah. we'll share and be vulnerable. And uh, cause otherwise it's inauthentic. It sounds like everybody else mm-hmm. and you'll get lost in that. Well, crowd. I think people are kind of getting tired of the highlight real lifestyle. Yeah. Like, cause everybody knows there's a Valley that we go through to get to a mountaintop. And most yeah. people that I talk to 
didn't end up paying so much attention at the mountaintops when they were there because they had so much fun, type two fun, in that valley getting up there that by the time they were up there, it was kind of surreal or I don't want to say yeah. pointless, but you know, it wasn't as big of a deal as the journey. The process yeah. is the product sometimes. And that's right. Yeah, I think we need to remember that, that every good story has conflict. And so we have to have conflict in our own story. Like, don't just try to put out, you know, I'm the best of the best. And being that vulnerable, you could have clients that come back that they get compassionate. Oh, man, you lost a big account. Well, can I spend some more money with you? And Mm so, you know, it it all comes full circle just being who you are. And last week we had a great guest on and his his hack was you are the most unique thing about your business. And I, I love that. And that's that vulnerability. That's that transparency. and to be a thought leader and even just to have a strong presence online, you're going to have to show some skin, so to speak, without literally showing skin. But you know what I'm saying? Metaphorically, you got to show your cards. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Yeah. And it goes both ways too. You know, one of the things, so at, at, at Tula Media Group, we're working with client partners, you know, we, where we spend a lot of our time is working with them on their conversion strategy. You know, how do they create leads? And, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about vulnerability, you know, when, when you're, when you're connecting with your audience, you need to meet them where they're vulnerable. A hundred percent. We can say that and, one more time, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to meet them where they're vulnerable. You've got to meet them where they're at. And, if you want, uh, you talk about a, a hack in, a, you know, in, your, in your other call, a hack for this call is undoubtedly one of the best ways to meet your clients with where, where they're at is, and, and this is a, a little hack I, I learned a few years ago, and we use with all of our clients at Tula Media Group, is that picture yourself, you're sitting at a bar, okay, and somebody comes up and sits next to you, a stranger sits next to you. And starts complaining to the bartender about an issue they're dealing with Mm -hmm. that your product or service will solve for them. How would you approach them? You turn to them and say, hey, John, I I couldn't help but overhearing you've got a problem with X, Y, Z. Look, our company, we can do this and this and this for you and we can help you with this. No, you're going to lose them. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're they're going to feel like they're being sold to. Exactly. So you need to meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. And instead of talking about all these, you know, we can do this process for you and it'll have all these benefits and features and so on. Mm -mm. No, you'll lose them. The way you would do it is you would look over and say, John, I couldn't help but overhearing. I hear you have an issue. You know, uh, in our case, we we help clients build their business, build their sales funnel. You know, I hear you have an issue building your sales funnel. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Like how long have you been in business? I've been in business, you know, eight years. And um, so what have you been doing? Like, what are the tactics you're using? And, and uh, what do you find is working? What's not working? And, and slowly you build that confidence and that trust. And then you become the guide. You don't become the hero of the story. They are the hero of the story. You become the guide. Mm -hmm. You probably, we've all heard that terminology before. Be Yoda. Don't be Luke Skywalker. Right. Let Luke Skywalker be Luke. Yeah. You be Yoda. And help guide them to success, and allow them to, you know, uh, and guide them on how they can turn their world around mm-hmm. and see more success in whatever it is that they want to do. So, when you're trying to connect with someone, whether it's through, you know, 
our company, we at Tula Media Group, we started doing custom publishing magazines is what how we started the company. Right. But now most of our work is done online. Mm-hmm. And whether you're doing paid advertising or or or, or uh, uh, content marketing, uh, you know, work in the uh, search engine, your, your rankings, um, when you get people on your website, you need to connect with them where they're at because right. they're coming to you because they have a problem or a need or mm-hmm. something they need to solve. And if you start talking about the solutions right away, it doesn't work. Yeah. Come back to that vulnerability. They're coming to you because they have a problem or a need. They're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Meet with them where they are vulnerable. And then you can connect them with them and start to guide them along the journey. Yeah. I love that that guide down the journey because a lot of times people will look for marketing help and think, well, you're just going to turnkey everything for me, right? Like it's just going to take off on its own. It's no, it's kind of what we do hand in hand with each other that's going to make everything take off. And yeah. so I think that's, it's really, I love that. Uh, be Yoda, not Luke Skywalker. I've never heard that before, but yes, a hundred percent. Be Yoda, not Luke Skywalker. You don't have to fly into the Death Star in the X-Wing if you're Yoda. <laughs> that's right yeah (laughs) yeah that's true that's Mm -hmm. true one of the things that we preach on here and i will say preach on here is that pivoting your business is absolutely necessary in this climate yeah because there's a new facet that comes out every week and so being a a, an agency media group that started out publishing what do you think or what did those steps look like getting to your current format? And can you talk about that a little bit so we can give business owners kind of, you know, some reasons on why we did that or why you would want to share. So, uh, yeah, I'll share that with you, John. Then I also have a story of how we really pivoted our business. Awesome. Literally did pivoted on a dime uh, a few years ago, but the evolution was that, you know, it was, it was in our, in our retail business, we were doing that, the, the customized magazines and when I exited that business about 14, 12 years ago, I guess, um, I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do next? And a good friend of mine said, you know, that those magazines that you put out for your for your garden centers, mm-hmm. that would be something great. You could probably sell that program to others. So I took it and I and I took it to a network that I knew. And I thought, you know what, if 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 six of them signed on, maybe there is something here. So it's just this concept of creating customized physical magazines for garden centers across the country. And I walked out with 12 purchase orders and like three other ones that wanted to follow up. And it just kind of exploded. And our first uh, magazine that went out, uh, went out with 450,000 copies being distributed. So wow. it was like an instant, uh, it was a it was big numbers. Big hit. Yeah. So we did that. We expanded, we did business magazines for insurance agencies and things were growing, but you know, and this is um, this 2012, 2013. And then, of course, you know, we're creating all this content for people to put in magazines. We thought, well, you know, there was requests for, you know, let's move things online, of course. And we wanted to go that way. So we started creating content. And, we, and one thing that we got really good at was creating content that was keyword optimized. Mm-hmm. So over the years, we built this whole, our, our own process for doing a competitive analysis and keyword analysis so that we can have a keyword strategy. So not only, you know, if you're writing an article for your magazine or for a blog on your website or whatever, we can tell you what people in your area and your marketplace are searching for. Mm -hmm. 
and we can quite often say, you know what, here's 12 topics yeah. we should write content about because mm -hmm. this is being searched for. And oftentimes, you know, when you get into keyword strategies and so on, um, you know, one example, a uh, commercial insurance agency in uh, Minnesota we were working with, he says, we do a lot of contractor insurance, mm -hmm. but people didn't search contractor no, insurance. No, probably not. Because he said, you know, maybe we should write an article about contractor insurance. But what we found are general contractor insurance or uh, building insurance, that type of thing. People were searching for carpenter insurance. Right. That was actually being searched quite a bit mm -hmm. and had very little competition. Yeah. So it said, let's write articles about that. It's the same article. Oh, it's yeah. It's just using different words. Different keywords, right. And all of a sudden, his rankings started going up. Mm -hmm. and, and you'll get huge success with that article. Yeah. So we started getting really good at creating articles that would go into the magazines, but then we'd also, they're keyword optimized, so they would go on the blog as well mm -hmm. and, and help them with their search engine optimization. And then it was about 2018, or sorry, 2019. Uh, we had been growing the business in a traditional manner mm -hmm. where, you know, we'd been growing, growing rapidly, but hiring salespeople. And we had a sales team of, you know, seven people and sales manager. They were logging hundreds of calls a day, you know, doing the traditional smile and dial to get new clients. And learning from a good friend of mine, you know, in I came back and I knew we had to change our way because it was a really expensive way to grow the business. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole sales department was costing us over a million dollars a year just to fuel that. Right. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to completely change things on its head. And we're, we're, we're going to actually switch to a totally online uh, marketing process. And I, at the time, I called it my automated sales process. Mm -hmm. I said, I want to do automated sales. But I went in one afternoon and we made the tough decision. We let the entire sales team go. Man. One day, the entire team, like wow. not one salesperson in the company. Talk about a pivot. I brought, that's quite a pivot. <laughs> I brought the company together, everybody else together. And I had to explain what we did. And I said, we're going to move to this to this automated selling process that I call it at the time. And we had just hired a, a, a it was a student marketing, uh, you know, marketing student intern. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want you to think differently. Here are the five books that I want you to read. And I got him to read some of Dan Kennedy's stuff and different things and um, Don Miller's and so on. And, you know, let's implement some of these changes. Our marketing director came back off mat leave. She got into it. And in about a few months, we actually, we actually, you know, made all of these changes to our website, to our marketing, online marketing strategy and website for conversions. I remember the first quarter we had let the sales team go and we were going into quarterly planning. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, everyone, I'm going to keep you know, our sales team had missed quota for the, the last 18 months. They just always been missing quota. It wasn't successful. I said, we're going to keep the same quota. And they said, don't set us up for failure. I remember my right hand person was angry and banged her hand on the, on the uh, fist on the table and said, Andy, you're going to, we're going to fail. I said, no, we got this. We had some opportunities in the pipeline. I said, you know, this young fellow that was working with us, you're going to go at things very differently mm -hmm. and we're going to start next week and we're going to change this. Well, within a week from the end of the quarter, we actually hit our quota for the first time ever with no salespeople. And then we 
we doubled that quota and we hit it six weeks into that quarter. So halfway through the quarter and we kept growing. And so so we, we, we went back and we changed the way we approached the market all together. And what was interesting is about six months into it, I was just talking with one of our client partners down Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis, and I was explaining to him. I said, "This, you know, just want to tell you, you know, we were chatting, tell you a story about what we've done, been up to in the last right. six months." And he said, "Whatever you did for yourself, do that for me." I love it. Okay. <laughs> so we put together this program and we put together this package, and that's what we call smarketing. It's mm-hmm. combining sales and marketing into one business development strategy that works. Yeah. So the whole Tulip Media team, we got together and we started organizing. How would we structure this? How would we systemize this? And we came up with this process. It's kind of a three-part process. When we sign on a new client partner now, we start by doing a competitive analysis, Mm. understanding the keyword strategy for their industry in their marketplace because it's different in different towns, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then we work with them with their conversion strategy on their website. So we actually work with them on the messaging, on the flow, on how people that land on the website, how it connects with the right people, detracts the wrong people and brings the right prospects through a funnel where they actually take the call to action. They actually do what we tell them to do. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's the first step that we, that we do with everyone. And the metaphor that I use there, it's like if you're opening up a retail store, you wouldn't start advertising and then setting up your store and shelf, you know, uh, merchandising the shelves and everything else. No, you would set up the store, you'd stock your shelves, mm-hmm. you'd merchandise the product, you'd train your staff, you'd sweep off the front doorstep, and then you yeah, invite people in, people. right? Yep. But in marketing, quite often, we're like, Let's go after the traffic. Let's you know get more people on our website when your website is not ready mm-hmm. for people yeah. and it's turning the right people away. So we start with the website and we we have it you know have it so that people go through a specific uh, process so that they take the call to action that we want them to take and then we leverage the keyword strategy everything that we've learned to bring people on through organic searches, to, you know, re, uh, bringing up their rankings as well as paid advertising, and that process really works. Mm-hmm. And what we did for our own company, which is what we now do for all of our client partners, is that you know the way I put it is that quite honestly, when you come to digital marketing, our own company, I really don't. You know, we look at all the numbers because they're all levers to pull, but I really don't care how many, how much traffic we get to our site. I don't yeah. care how many Facebook likes we have or how many people follow us on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. What I care about, how many times does our phone ring? Yep. How many times do people fill out a contact form looking for more information about what we sell? Mm-hmm. And how many times do they book a meeting with somebody on our team to talk about how we can help them grow? Yeah. Those three things. And that's our measure of excellence. That's what we measure and that's what we commit to. It's not, you know, when we work with a client partner, say, you know, if you're looking for website traffic, if that's your goal, we're not the guys. We're not right. the people. You know, if you're looking for uh, search rankings, we're not the people. If you're looking for any of those things, if you're looking for more engagement on social media, we're not the right people. 
But if you're looking to make your phone ring, mm-hmm. contact forms filled out, or meetings booked with your salespeople or your your production people, we are the right people. Right. And that was the pivot that we made. And we started growing faster than ever mm-hmm. with no salespeople. And that's that's what inspired the, the book, Double yeah. Sales, Zero Sales. Double sales. I was just about to ask about your books here in a minute. So I'm glad you got to that and started talking about them. <clears throat> you said a couple things in there that I want to address that are great. One, I love the whole do whatever you did for your company for me. That is just yeah. speaks volumes because I think especially with what we do, marketing, it's so it's hard to make things tangible sometimes. And like you were just saying, I'm not going to get you a million likes on Facebook. And do you even really want that? Because that doesn't yeah. always translate to the phone ringing, people booking sales meetings or, you know, getting those meetings in like the three, your big three, those, your big three are not vanity metrics. Those are things that produce growth and produce results. And I think it's so important to know that as a business owner, that you have to know what your end game is to make sure you're getting the right results there. And the other thing you said was you're going to search for different things in different areas. And I've got a little story about that. We had a client that wanted to rank for this keyword phrase. We're like, okay, we can make you rank for that keyword phrase. No problem. Here's the problem, though. Two people have searched for that keyword phrase in the last year. So we will make sure those two people find you, but it's not going to produce the results that you want. You know, when you go to a marketing expert, that's the other thing to understand is if you're hiring somebody to do a job, let them do that job regardless of what it is. Like you hired an expert for a reason. If you're not seeing the results you want, then you need to have a conversation and maybe pivot again. But right. yeah, they may not be the right fit for you, which I love that you went there. You got to know, no matter what your business is, you got to know who you are and where you fit in the massive machine. Because whether you want to admit it or not, we're all in this together and it all runs together whether we want it to or not. we what we do affects each other and vice yeah. versa. It It's all, we're all together in this thing. So might as well yeah. get along and, and work together, you know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, it, and you, and you hit on something that's really important is that, you know, if, 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 if you're running a company and you want to outsource your marketing or outsource anything for that matter, if mm-hmm. you outsource your accounting, your whatever, your HR, make sure you understand, what is the definition of success? Yes. And if you're not hitting that, if they get the, per, the the folks that you're outsourcing to are not hitting your definition of success, you need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And the definition of success needs to be something that is tangible. Like you, like you said, using your words, it needs to be something you can take to the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't take traffic to the bank. You nope. can't take Facebook likes to the bank. But what I can take to the bank is when somebody calls me and wants to know how I can help them grow, mm-hmm. how our company, how Tool Media can help serve them, that is worth something. Yep. That is something that I will gladly pay for any day of the week, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when we work with insurance agencies, when we work with manufacturers, it's most of our client partners are B2B, but you know, uh, we, the, the way we put it is that, you know, Instead of investing in more salespeople and more producers, as they call them, yeah, you know, try this process because what we'll do is we'll make your producers more effective. There you because go. Because instead of going out knocking on doors, 
or making phone calls to open up conversations, now th- those folks are finding you and coming to you. And that's what, you know, the Tulip Media process, that's what we will do for you. And um, it, it, when you understand it, and, and it's a scary, you know, get, don't get me wrong. When you think about online marketing, mm-hmm. it is overwhelming for most people. Absolutely. It's like looking at the ocean and thinking, standing there with a bucket and saying, all right, I'm going to empty this thing. Yeah, That exactly, literally yeah. is what yeah, it can feel like. Yeah. And that's where, you know, when you know what you're doing, is, is you can appreciate, um, you know, there, there is a bit of art to it, but there's a lot of signs behind it. There's Absolutely. a lot of signs. Yeah. There like was a time said, where there really wasn't. It was kind of guesswork, but all that guesswork it, was documented right. and now we have data and we can use yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And we can measure it. Mm-hmm. And uh, even internally, one of the things that we do that I think is fairly unique to Tulip Media is that as an agency... We have a weekly dashboard with all of our client partners, and we have uh, we have early indicators and, and later indicators. So we look at trends. What are our client right. partners trending up or trending down? Mm-hmm. And we have early indicators. If they start to trend down, we see it before they ever do. And the whole idea is that when it starts to trend down, we have a discussion right there on Monday morning, saying, "Okay, how does that? How do we reverse that? What are we doing this week to reverse that?" Right. So that. All the client partner sees is a continual trending upwards. Like it, you know, might be wavy or bumpy a little bit, but we see an issue and fix it because it does happen, mm-hmm. right? Strategies, Google changes an algorithm, and right. we need to go or in people, and do a bunch of updates. Or people don't receive the way you thought they would, whatever the piece of content was, the and then you realize, the oh well, I need to flip this on its head, and now it'll work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have early indicators that will highlight those very quick so that we can go in and course correct before mm-hmm. it's ever even noticeable. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it is about those three things. How many times can we make your phone ring, contact forms filled out, wanting to learn more or meetings booked in your mm-hmm. salespeople or your production people's calendar. Yeah. Even just getting from digital to physical meeting is a milestone in my opinion. Because yeah. you've created a real thing at that point. You know, you've actually got someone in the building and that's huge. Uh, yeah. I think it's great. We've talked about some cool stuff today. There's actually a few questions that you answered without me having to ask. So that's amazing. <laughs> I did want to give you a chance to talk about your books. But before we do that, do you have any advice for somebody who's starting out today and they want to establish themselves as a thought leader in their industry? I know you already kind of spoke to this and gave us a hack and we'll, we'll reiterate yeah. your hack before we close out. But do you have any advice yeah. for a first timer getting into being an influencer? So if you're, you've got to start getting your name out there. Like I said, you know, your digital footprint can either happen by default or it can happen by design. And you want to create it by design if you, you know, if possible. So put content out there. You know, think about, you know, and it's different for everybody in every situation, but think about, you know, where you want to have thought leadership, where you want to have, uh, you know, be uh, received as that, you know, authority in the marketplace. Um you know, where, so I try to identify who is your core customer. And that's a really important step to start with anything like understanding what is your offering, what's your core offering and who's your core customer? Who's that audience that you're trying to reach? Trying to think and try to think of where do they 
hang out online? Where do they spend time online? Are they on YouTube? Are they on Facebook? Are they on Instagram? Are they TikTok? Where is it? Is it researching? You know, if it's um, quite often, if it's B2B, like insurance as an example, people will go online. They never think about insurance until they need to think about insurance. So, and when they do, they will search for it. So knowing that you can build strategies to intercept right in there and, and be the person that they go to, they end up with. Um, but you've got to think about your audience and where they're uh, hanging out online and then just start creating content. Now, another quick hack that a lot of people, you know, because a lot of people think, yeah, the way I look at it, if you're in business, like whatever you're doing, you've been in business for a while, you're an expert compared to 98% of the population. You are an expert in your industry just by sheer fact that you work in it every day and most people don't. So you're an expert in your industry. You have knowledge that other people don't have. You need to get that knowledge out there. And the objection, you know, I quite often if I'm keynoting in, in an audience or in, in front of an audience, I'll ask, you know, how many people have a blog on their website? A lot of hands go up. How many people uh, have contributed a new article to that blog this year? Most of the hands will go down <laughs> because there's good intentions, but you, you know, to keep it up, it can be a lot of work and it can be perceived as, you know, being a little bit overwhelming. So my other hack is get support around you. If you want to do a podcast, you know, there are people yep. you can outsource, you do the recording, you can outsource that afterwards and have it all edited and created for you. If you want to write articles, get together with a good ghostwriter. Yep. That's my number one of the number one hacks. You know, I, I this is my third book here now. And uh, I've used a ghost. I have a ghostwriter that I work with on all my articles, all my books. It's my content, my ideas. Mm -hmm. But she does write it because I would never get it done if it was left to right. me. Right. Yeah. I know. So I used to frown upon that. I guess it was before I was actually working. It was as a kid that I thought, why would someone ghostwrite a book? That's just, ugh. They didn't even write it. Yeah. But now you could sit there literally and like we're talking right here, you could hand this podcast off to your ghostwriter and say, take what I said that was good and then give me a version of that. And then you'll read through it and send them notes. All right, add this, that, yeah. the other. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not, you know, going through uh, university and so on. I was not an English major. <laughs> so if exactly. I write an article, it's going to take me three hours uh -huh. where I can otherwise, in my process is I use a recording app on my phone. Mm -hmm. I will, you know, kind of outline my thoughts, my ideas, but within about a half an hour, I've got, you know, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes to prepare some ideas. And I literally walk around my office, ranting yep. in my phone, you know, dictating into my phone recording app and have a 10 to 15 minute recording that I send right. to her. And there's a two or four page article that can come out of that. And, she can write it in a half an hour, a whole lot better than I could if I right. took a half a day. That comes back to that hire experts where you need experts. Know that they That's excel right. in that area and let them loose. Um, there's a billionaire here in the Houston area. You may be familiar with him. He owns the Houston Rockets. His name's Tillman Fertitta, but I heard him. He was the keynote speaker one time at this event I was at, and he said, know what you know and know what you don't know more importantly. And I thought, yeah. man, what a profound statement to say. Yeah, know what you know and know what you don't know, more importantly, because that's where you need help. That's where you need your team. 
And I used to always think, you know, you see movies like Rambo growing up and you think, oh, I'm the lone wolf. I can do that. But you don't realize that without Rambo's support team, he wouldn't have got in or out of any of those countries (laughs) to even be able to make the awesome movie that we watch, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, a good friend of mine says, you know, nobody has ever been successful all, all on their own. Right. Everybody has help. Everybody has mm-hmm. assistance. Everybody has, uh, you know, support around them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think on my hack in there would be that it's okay to take help. It's okay to have people help you. It's okay to have a team and it's okay to have a great team around you. That's what's going to make you successful. Um, exactly. I'm glad that you got into a little bit of your book writing process in there. I, I didn't really have any questions about that, but I'm glad you went there because yeah. it's awesome. I don't think a lot of people realize, I'm not going to say easy to write a book, but how much technology is out there to assist you in writing a book these days. And if you have some thoughts and you're thinking about writing a book, I guarantee you, you can, you may need to find some experts. Yeah. Yeah. You and yeah, I mean, before too long, it may be chat GPT doing a lot of this, but you still need a good editor. <laughs> right. You still got to read it. Because yeah. chat GPT will sometimes spit out some stuff that you're like, um, that's not accurate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> read a transcript. All yeah. right. Well, thank you for that great advice there. Where can people find your books uh, or get a hold of you with the uh, Tulip Media Group? Sure. So, John, we have a we have a landing page that's specifically for for our audience today, and then we have at tm dot media forward slash double sales, mm-hmm. and on there against tm dot media forward slash double sales, and on there, folks can download a free chapter of the book. They can buy the book, but what I'm most excited about is I, I co-wrote the book with Jessica Embry, a colleague of mine in the in Tulip Media here. And uh, right on there, if somebody wants to get some advice, you have a thought, you have something you want to bounce off us, mm-hmm. you can actually book a meeting with Jessica or I oh, nice. right there on that page. And you know, we look, look, we both love talking marketing. We love talking mm-hmm. business development. And you know, you can book a meeting, a uh, uh, half hour Zoom call with either of us, no charge. It's it's there for anyone who wants to take us up on that offer. That's awesome. That, I thank you for extending that out to our audience, guys. Go check that out if you're interested in what Andy had to say here today. Definitely go book a meeting with him and continue that conversation. Is there yeah, anything else yeah. you'd like to get off your chest before we end this episode that was packed full of some great hacks today? I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about kind of just your journey. It was a little bit of a different approach today than I normally take. But after we just started talking, I thought, let's just let this play out the way it's going. I like this guy and we're having a cool conversation. So let's just, uh, that's what podcasting is, right? Let's just talk about it. That's right. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a great discussion. The, my one my one piece of advice for people is to think strategically about marketing. It's oh. not an afterthought to support your sales team. It actually should be driving everything. Because if you do marketing really well, it makes your sales team's job really easy. Mm-hmm. Or some maybe not even needed, you know, in a case like ours, where we actually uh you know replaced the sales team with good marketing yeah. and then talking with our production people. Well, closing more deals than ever before. That's awesome. Well, I know I'm definitely going to mess with our sales guy when I get out of here. Uh, in that <laughs> regard, that, that's such a major shift too. Way to go! Like 
You know, I, just, I commend you for making that shift because that's got to be, even with some of the people at your company looking at you like, what are you doing? How are we going to hit this deadline? Like, you know what? I have confidence in this. And and sometimes even when we're in an organization, a business like that, sometimes we need to trust our leadership too, you know? Uh, like, I really trust yeah. Andrew, our CEO here. And yeah, I can't imagine working for a company where I didn't. It, it would be a nightmare almost like, oh my yeah. God, you're in this thing in the ground or not. And so I just love that you were so bold to do that. You stuck by it. And I, I'm really glad that it doubled for you. And that's amazing, man. That I think you were right on the rising climb of that movement there and really took advantage of it. And that's great. Yeah. Sometimes you have to be, uh, I heard the saying one time, you have to be confident and bold enough to destroy what's good in the pursuit of something great. And that's not easy mm. to do, but as business leaders, sometimes Man. you have to do it. Yeah. Well, I think we should end it with that nugget because that's amazing, man. Thank you so much for being a guest on Business Growth Hacks. Y'all go check out Tulip Media Group, Small Business Nation. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.